Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020, a year, of course, that we're never going to forget. And I think we still are living in the bubble. Although here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, we are almost at zero cases. And we had, I think, a record-breaking 10 or 11 days with no new cases. So um, things are looking really good for us, but there's still caution in the air. And speaking of caution, there still is a lot of fear. Um, A big topic is racism, and it still continues on. A recent poll showed that a few years ago, there was only 44% that believed that there was racism in their community. And now that number has jumped to well over 60%. So things aren't really okay. But we'll have some very, very interesting conversations today with our guests. So welcome to the Hugh virtual chat. And it is going to be a hot one, no doubt. But uh, you know what? There is always room for learning and being open to new ideas. And uh, so my tech guy, he's actually on vacation. And uh, he's doing this remotely, so he said, you know, I'll do my best to make sure that everybody gets in, and I will continue to talk until we see some familiar faces. But uh, anyways, interesting. How is your summer going, really? And uh, yesterday, it was dark, it was cloudy, it was gloomy, and it was like, oh my God, it was almost felt like the end of, end of the world. It was so, so bad. But today, it's a new day, and the sun is out, and uh, it really is amazing what blue skies and the sun can do for you to lift your spirits, and that's what we're here for today, and uh, still waiting for some people to arrive in our virtual chat, and it has been an amazing ride, and oh, there, I see some faces. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, hi, Kristen. I haven't seen you for a while. Hi. Oh, Charlotte, I love the curls. (laughs) And uh, is that Jamie? I'm not too sure. Hi, Jamie. You might be just unmuted. Just unmute yourself. Hello. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I think, hopefully, Hani's uh, joining us, right? I think he was planning on to. Hani, I think. I I don't see him quite yet. I hear a voice. I'm Tracy. Hello, honey. How are you? Yes. I'm good. Thank you. I threw my cell phone, so all sides of the connection is not that great. Okay. Now we're getting you back. Yeah. But I'm glad that you I was waiting. I don't know what's going on with the connection. Oh, but you are connected now. We just don't see you. We just don't see you. Yeah, I am using my cell phone, uh-huh. and so, yeah, I'm not by the computer, so it's, uh, and I'm outside of the office. Okay, all right. Well, enjoy the nice weather, eh? I hope. <laughs> it's nice weather, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, um, I'm thinking, I was hoping that Jessica was going to join us today, but we'll, uh, she can jump, jump in. Um, Graham, when you see Jessica in there, she can uh, let her in it too as well. But um, anyways, oh, Charlotte, please wish Robin a very happy belated birthday. Did you have a good party, big party for her? Well, we had a, a nice party with <laughs> uh, 
social uh, restriction, you know, all that. So uh, we gave her a surprise party and she had a wonderful time. So, and, and it's interesting because she's Australian. So her birthday was yesterday in Canada, but it was Sunday in Australia. So we actually celebrated for two days. So we had a party oh, uh, on Sunday. And we, uh, yes. And how are you been doing, Kristen? We've missed you. I've been doing well. I've had some Tuesday appointments during um, yeah. your time, so I haven't been able to jump on for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm doing really well. I've and missed that, it. Nice to oh, see everybody. The family's doing well. Well, hey, I guess that's the sign of the times, right? We're all kind of getting back to the new norm. But, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I wanted to invite back Hani from the um, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg, and he's brought along the very lovely, and I, I'm excited to meet you, Jamie, Jamie Banias, and she's the Indigenous Engagement Coordinator. So I'm going to actually, Jamie and Hani, first, the reason why I want to bring you back on, number one, is that you're having some great lunch series programs, so um, you, it's a toss-up. I don't know, honey. I mean, Jamie is a lot prettier <laughs> than what than what we see from you is a, a white square with social planning council on it. But uh, um, you please take it away and explain more about these uh, new exciting series that you're planning. Okay. Can you hear me well when I speak? Since I am not seen, but I actually can be here. Uh, okay. Cool. You can hear me. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thank you for having us again here. Uh, the work, our work on uh, the anti-racism project it continues on, and uh, tomorrow is one, the first gathering uh, that will take place around 1230 mm -hmm. at, at uh, St. John's Park, and I think the rest of the details probably Jamie will cover. Um, we will have a series of of, uh, uh, of events um, during summer and uh, with different themes and different subjects to be covered. Uh, it, the, these themes or the uh, subjects may not bear the name or the title of anti-racism. However, the intersectionality of the subjects, what mm -hmm. matters to us in terms of contents and process. And so tomorrow is just the, um, the first event and is going to cover uh, the subject of reconciliation. So I think the, the, the accurate um, subject would be what is reconciliation. And so the intersectionality there uh, with anti-racism work would be um, demonstrated by two of the uh, founders of Circle of Reconciliation, which are, um, uh, they are our partners in many different projects and including our sector table works um, uh, that is an ongoing uh, for immigration partnership Winnipeg. So that's for tomorrow. Wow, that sounds, I, it's incredible. And I guess, honey, too, will people have the opportunity to ask questions too, or is it just a presentation? No, so our events always, and I keep reminding our staff and the people who uh, put events like that together, it's always, I do not like lecture type of events. Uh, we don't want to lecture at people. We would like to hear from people. We want to learn from people. And since it is uh, a very subjective and personal type of um, matter to be discussed, um, it is an interactive event. Uh, however, the initial stage of it, I would say, or the initial uh, period of time that when, when the event started, is going to be introduced by those two founders of the Circle of Reconciliation and highlight their definition and understanding of what reconciliation is all about. And then after that is basically um, like the rest of our events, it would have an opportunity and space for people to um, join in, uh, share their perspectives, and we will hear their, hear their voice and make sure whatever questions that they would have um, to be followed and answers with whatever, with, with the best of our knowledge and uh, relying on our large network in terms of obtaining tangible, realistic answers to questions that we may not have at the moment. Right. So if I might add just a, just a moment here, another wonderful thing about uh, tomorrow's presentation specifically is that um, Circles for Reconciliation 
actually they offer to um, set up separate circles for a corporation or for a group, uh, for a school, that sort of thing. And so they'll actually also be providing information about their organization and how people can schedule other times at a later date when they maybe want more information or if they have more time or they want to go more in depth into the topic. So it's, uh, we're very grateful to Clayton and Raymond for coming tomorrow for their presentation and then also for the uh, question and the conversation time that's going to be available afterwards, but also for being available as an organization to take the conversation further. Wow. So how, how far have we come, Jamie? Pardon? How far have we come as far as reconciliation? And it's a big word, and I know it's a lot yeah. of different meanings. And I mean, it, and it, it relates not only, I know, to the Indigenous population, it also relates to with mental health and wellness and your, our whole being now and being in this crazy bubble. Um, there, there is, there's a lot of fears and there's a lot of misconception, I think. Yeah, I think um, the, this is a personal opinion, but I think the question of how far have we come is not only a very difficult question to answer, but it's also a very dangerous question to answer. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, of course, progress has been made. And of course, people are learning more than they knew beforehand, and we're more aware of our actions and our beliefs and how those affect how we interact with each other. But when you get into the point of asking how far have we come, it becomes easy to um, take the focus away of how much further we need to go. And certainly there is obviously um, issues that still need to be addressed and ways in which we are being affected by preconceived notions that we may not necessarily be aware of yet. Yeah. Kristen, you're nodding your head. You like to add something? I'm just, I'm just enjoying the conversation and, and hearing what's uh, about the event. But um, um, I do agree that's a, a dangerous question to, um, to answer and there is a long way to go, clearly, yeah. And Charlotte, too, reconciliation, like I had sort of mentioned, that it does spill off, too, into the mental health and wellness, and, and certainly to, you know, the communities that don't have a voice as well. I mean, I'm sure you see that. We do see it in, in mental health, and, uh, and really when um, people's biases come out, and, um, and stereotyping, which can be... Um, to a detriment of somebody's mental health. I, I know a couple weeks ago on, on the Mahiku, I talked about one of the best peer workers in our, in our city who, um, who's Indigenous, who was trying to support her, her sister. And um, because of her appearance, um, she was labeled a crackhead um, by um, the, uh, the people who had, um, from the healthcare and uh, who had come to her aid. Um, and uh, she says, like, how can we get around that, Charlotte? And uh, exactly what Jamie's saying, we have a long way to go. So here's somebody who is one of the leaders in our, our field of mental health and peer support um, being, you know, labeled as somebody who she was absolutely not. So I don't know the answers, but as Jamie said, keeping the conversation going and, and Kirsten and acknowledging what, uh, that we still have a long way to go as well. So... No doubt. Um, well, I'm still going to keep on with you, uh, Kristen and uh, Charlotte. Now, is it more important now more than ever, especially in your line of work with peer support workers, to there be a diversity in, in the ethnicity of your peer support workers? Charlotte, I think you should take that one because we have just a, well, um, the peer support workers that we have just trained that are working out of the crisis response center um, that's connected to Health Science Center and Dauphin Emerge, I, I truly think we have a dream team. We were just talking about this again on Sunday and, um, you know, it just, it just fell into place, the diversity of the group. Um, and although we were aware, we absolutely did want to make sure we address that when we were hiring it never had to be an issue that we had had to address it just fell into place and um it's really really important 
um, you know, the assumptions and the, and, uh, the biases that we run into all the time, even, you know, um, yeah, on so many levels that people don't even realize that they have until you start kind of peeling it back and pointing it out. Um, so it's really important that not everybody has a certain look or a certain uh, postal code, um, because that is not the reality of life. And, uh, yeah, we've got a fantastic diverse team, which I'm pretty excited about. What do you, what do you have to add about that, Charlotte? Yeah, and they come from all backgrounds and all life experiences, and um, and what's what's come together from it as well is they've become a very tight knit group of um, coworkers and and friends, and uh, each of them are supporting each other in this journey because it is trailblazers. Um, and then you know we did so much work on on working on our our own biases in this training, so that when you know people come in you're not, uh, you're aware of your biases and, and how you support them better. So um, we were just celebrating, Kristen and I, that yesterday or two nights ago was the first time somebody came in and actually all they wanted to do was talk to a peer worker, not a clinician in, uh, in the CRC because they had, they'd heard of such value in what was going on in the, in the hospital now. So you know, we're, we're pretty excited. So. We just want more of it too. Uh, our dream now is to get peer support into with um, the policing. So when there is a wellness call, uh, a peer worker will go out, not somebody in uniform. Um, that's that's our next goal to uh, to start promoting because I think that would be a, a huge um, benefit to people in, in need. So. Wow. Well, that's exciting. So, honey, have, I guess. Since our last time that we, when we first met, you had this campaign um, about, you know, COVID doesn't discriminate and everything like that. Has, have you seen a shift in the way people think or is it still the same? Well, here's another dangerous question. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean... I'm <laughs> just joking, but it is actually it is it is um, uh, people's way of thinking. I would not change really that quick or that fast uh, when it comes to subjects such as racism. Um, it is a, it is an internalized uh, notion uh, that impact personal behaviors and social social tendencies. And for that purpose, uh, lots of work need to happen before a shift, a real shift in people thinking can take place. I mean, th thinking is easy. Thinking is not that difficult. And you can, it's not my concern. It's what I am looking after is the felt sense. Felt sense is, is when people start thinking, uh, sorry, feeling other people's pain and the impact of racism on them. And then when they put themselves in the shoes of others, then they will start shifting. And that shift becomes authentic, natural process, rather than intellectually justified process. And so these are two different things. And we, what we are after is really to build those notions from within, and that is creating space for the felt sense so people start shifting naturally not because i'm making the best argument argument ever because i don't know how long my argument will stand if intellectually based somebody else will walk in and come up with another argument and shift that process what not when not uh, be shifted is is when you create and develop that felt sense and felt sense will be developed when it's safe spaces are created and people sharing their personal stories and they connect on a human level and that's what we are after in terms of um to stay with the cognitive and the intellectual part and i think on july 23rd um also there is an event that immigration partnership winnipeg is partner of an orga main organizer and that is to have um we will have uh, we will have a space where we will offer training to support those who have experienced racism and and that is will be on July 23rd from 10 to 12. And the session will be engaging uh, in an interactive type of facilitation to provide settlement services providers and ethnocultural leaders with an understanding 
to of how to identify racism and the practical tools to be able to support uh, community members who have experienced racism. And these uh, will be like presented by two uh, PhD holders, uh, Kathy Hogarth from University of Waterloo and Dr. Buster Ogobago from University of St. Saint Francis. Um, and, and so, and then this is Uniting Communities Against Racism Lunch and Learn events will continue through summer, hopefully to break through that intellectual barriers. But my hope is really to go back to the main point that I made, and that is the felt sense. Well, that's so interesting. Go ahead, Jamie. Sorry. Uh, just to add on to that, I want to say that the response from the community ever since the anti-racism campaign was begun um, has just been absolutely amazing. Like, uh, not only from organizations, like we currently have 43 partner organizations working with this campaign to help promote it, to help um, develop resources and to uh, speak with the community to identify what needs the community has. Um, but also just from the general public, the community themselves, uh, with, we have an amazing growth on Instagram and people are, are sharing these posts. And um, I think we're in a perfect social climate right now for people who want to talk about these kind of things. Um, that being said, they are difficult conversations and they're very, un it's a very uncomfortable topic. So uh, when you were asking earlier, like, you know, have we seen a difference? Um, Yes, there is definitely a difference in how a lot of people are approaching the conversation, uh, but there also is a lot of resistance to it. And as Annie was saying, um, just the more that we support these kinds of initiatives and the more that we are willing to learn ourselves, the more that we are able to see what the impact is on other people and to really kind of feel that empathy. Um, and I personally think that the more people that are willing to do that, the more likely it is for others to look and say, okay, well, this isn't as bad or scary or uncomfortable as I initially thought it was. And it just kind of helps to open people's eyes. Wow. Charlotte, did you want to say anything? Or <laughs> Just listening. Just totally agreeing with Jamie and, uh, yeah, and just honey. Yeah. So I'm going to throw something out there. It was a conversation that I had with, with one of my, my friends. Um, and she mentioned blood memory. And what that is, is that if you go back in, I guess, your ancestral tree, uh, you will find similarities in yourself with these ancestors from centuries past. And it's, it's passed through your bloodline. And in some, in the scientific way, I, I, I agree. And then we started talking about different cultures and especially um, the Asian cultures and, and, you know, the brown culture and then talking about the indigenous cultures. So this might be directed to Hani and Jamie more. Um, is there kind of a maybe a connection between, say, like the, new, the immigrants coming in to the indigenous community? And I've, I've talked about it and heard stories, too, about the similarities a lot in their cultures and how in, in some ways they could help each other. Has that ever been, you know, something that your organization would try to do? Honey? Yeah, so the, uh, the, uh, the short answer is yes. The long answer is we're working on uh, uh, many projects and I think the more dominant one I would say the indigenous orientation toolkit and that is specifically created to educate orient and inform newcomers uh, on indigenous um, um, cultures traditions and peoples across Canada mean specifically on in Winnipeg and the reason that we started this work is because of the um, the commonalities that exist um, among uh, diverse communities and the indigenous uh, communities as well. And so there are more than a reason for us to build bridges and connect or create ties among all these communities. And they share there are a lot of things in common. Um, I think even with the largest society th that we can find more commonalities, 
but we're not getting there yet. I think we will get there yet. Uh, we will take some time. It will take some time. But for now, I would say the focus on the newcomers and and the indigenous communities because there are more than uh, one common ground. And, and so the family unit, the 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 the, the connection to the land, uh, property versus uh, spirituality, um, uh, the, uh, the 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 collective living. Um, uh, the social solidarity and all of that, that all comes naturally um, a part of the culture of the indigenous uh, peoples, but also a very much uh, prominent features in many different cultures of the newcomers coming to, to this country. So that there are, there are, yes, there are lots of common grounds and then I think one specific theme in this large indigenous orientation toolkit is called common uh, commonalities. Mm -hmm. So, and resurgence of culture. Wow, and that's it's fascinating too, I think, and it spills too, Jamie, on just having creating a safe place for people to share, right, their story, and uh, and Kirsten and and Charlotte all, are all over that. So I guess too, I know it's it may sound silly, but what is a safe place? Because as we're seeing now, people's level of comfortable and safe feeling safe is so different. Jamie. Oh, um, let's see, what is a safe place? I think the, the most important part in determining a safe place is just that willingness to have acceptance of what's being said. And so it can be very difficult to create, um, to create a safe space. It, mm -hmm. it really can be. And a lot of times when safe spaces are created or, or they're allowed um, it's done on a, a, a systemic like systematic or like an institutional level um, which actually kind of makes it difficult for people to be able to open up so um, like for <laughs> oh, I should have prepared something for this um, <laughs> So yeah, I think I'll make reference to, this is something that uh, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg has actually been looking into for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, well, we, before I started, uh, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg um, sponsored and supported a group of researchers who were looking basically to answer that exact question. And so over the course of three years, they worked with the community and they did a bunch of research and they actually um, built a report called Fostering Safe Spaces for Relationship Building and Dialogue Between Newcomers and Indigenous People. Um, wow. It's a very long title, so I may have the order of the words mixed up a little bit. But the report actually has some wonderful recommendations for if you are looking to you know, provide a, a safe space or to create one, or even if you need one and you're not sure um, how to go about encouraging that in your own community or with organizations that you're aware of. And the report is actually available on our website um, and it's free to download. Like, so it's just Great. out there if you're interested in reading it. It's, a, it's such a wonderful report. Wow. So th that's great. So the website I believe then is IPW.com, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no, it is. It is. You're on your oh. It's LIPW dot CA. CA is not dot com. Okay, great. Thank you, honey. A question too, honey. So um, we're talking about safe places now at your event tomorrow. What will happen, though, if people get a little fired up. Um, you mind if I take this one, Hanny? Yeah, okay, you could take that, Jamie. Uh, so we've actually had this concern in a lot of the events that we've done so far. Like we are always uh, concerned about the participants and their safety and the presenters mm -hmm. and their safety. Um, so we do have in place plans for if someone is, uh, for example, using hate speech or if they are, you know, being aggressive, um, then, I mean, obviously the first step is to ask them to like to make them aware that that um, behavior, those words are inappropriate. And then if necessary, they will be removed. 
from the event in order to make sure that everything is okay for the people who are there. But surprisingly, um, or I guess not surprisingly, because like I said, with the social climate being what it is currently, uh, despite having you know, been worried about this possibility and been prepared for this possibility for each of the events that we've already done, we have not yet experienced this actually happening in any of the events. Like, I think people just really want to learn. Oh, and that's so important. I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we all find your organization so fascinating and, you know, is so excited to hear about these new series because it is education. I'm going to throw it to our, our fabulous peer support workers. How do, you, how, how do you diffuse a situation or how does the peer worker works worker work with someone that they don't see eye to eye and, and i'm sure you both of you have had that experience charlotte and kristen <laughs> she's they're going there and guess um, you talk you talk well and you know even before i jump on that um i i i'm fascinated with the question you asked also about safe spaces because that is something that we continuously strive to create mm -hmm. and is uh, incredibly important in our work. Um, and, and some of the things that, that we try to do, whether it's in um, a small group, uh, a facilitator group, a support group, or one-on-one -on -one is, um, first of all, it has, it's a non-judgmental space. There is no room for judgment and we meet, uh, we meet the others where they're at. Um, uh, the second thing is, um, I love the, the tagline I learned, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is to be able to accept without understanding. And that's something I learned, Tracy, through an earlier um, show with you. Um, and I use that over and over again, because that's exactly what we need to strive for. We don't have to completely understand, but we do have to have a place of acceptance. Um, and the word empathy keeps coming up. And um, to actually create and foster a space where um, empathy overflows, that's the ultimate goal. Um, it, that's not always possible, but to be able to have empathy and step into another person's shoes and to be able to feel uh, or understand where they're at, um, you know, is, uh, that's the antidote for shame, in my opinion. So um, we continuously strive to create safe spaces uh, as best as we can. Um, and the second part of that question, I even forgot now, <laughs> well, what, you know, how did you diffuse a situation where? Right. <laughs> well, you know, I've had, I've um, facilitated uh, groups throughout the last uh, several years um, and one-on-one, -on -one, and I have had situations where um, people get really heightened. Um, and it, it's, it's more concerning when it's in a group, uh, in my opinion, because it can be triggering for the others. And it's your job um, to create that space that's, that's safe, for people to be vulnerable and, and share sensitive material and, and feel safe. So, you know, that's that's a bit of a communication dance. Is that, I say that's the right word, hey, Charlotte? Um, uh, just to completely validate and, and do a communication dance and, and use skills that we uh, treat or, or we work on throughout our training to be able to diffuse that situation, whether that's just, um, hopefully you can remove that person uh, gently from the situation, have a private conversation. Uh, that ultimately is, is our first resource. But if not, um, to be able to um, validate and, and uh, meet them where they're at and kind of talk them down uh, until you can um, diffuse the situation. And it's so interesting because we hear often um, and as we've uh, set up our peer support program in the CRC, uh, people that aren't involved in peer support and, and, and we're meeting along this process, uh, everyone often goes to what happens when people get really violent or, and we really don't run, that's really not a, a situation we run into. Um, and, and maybe that's because of the skills we bring to the peer support relationship and connection with, with somebody and those individuals who are interested in that line of work but um, I have never felt uh, unsafe. Um, I don't know of anyone who's felt unsafe. Um, we just, we don't, uh, you know, things don't typically escalate to that point at all. Did you want to add on that, Charlotte? Um, yeah, so, so it's in Kristen and I said, we, a lot of times we are dealing with difficult situations and difficult topics. Um, 
and people's emotions are heightened. So it would be similar to what, you know, Hani and Jamie are experiencing when they're doing um, um, their talks. And it's also when a person is, you know, in, in putting it into the mental health world, if they're talking about um, people who are struggling with mental health issues and then they're being degrading and demoralizing to, to that group of people, I mean, that is their opinion. And, you know, part of peer support is, you know, educating them as well as supporting them. And um, so you're not wanting to shame the person whose, whose belief system isn't what we agree with. So there is that communication dance that Kirsten was talking about. And, um, and a lot of times it's just through that education of um, sharing our lived experience stories of um, supporting people with mental health challenges that they start to see that you know, it's all walks of life who have mental health challenges, not just the ones that they heat, you know, they're labeling or whatever. And, and it is in the sharing of the stories that's so important. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and Kristen and I daily are out there talking about mental health and, you know, we've become the face of a lot of families. Um, and, and it's more of us coming forward and talking about it. So, I mean, I'm cheering on what Hani and, and Jamie are doing because they're, they're coming forward, they're encouraging dialogue, they're doing all the things that, you know, that we do as well. So it's just another part of this story of, as Kristen said, empathy, which is, uh, will make our community stronger. Yeah, well, I know it, it's, uh, it's great to kind of have synergies and, uh, and Hani and, and, you know, and Jamie, can chime in to hear uh, the communities now. Do you see uh, do you see the communities bonding more together, or is it still very, you know, this community, that community? Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess you'll know more having these events too, right? Which are more open to the public. But I guess you know. Honey. Yeah. Sure. So I okay. I, I'm just going to mention about the 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 word space, I think one of the most practical steps in, in our report, uh, the fostering spaces or space, safe space, is there's, there's something called controlled space and there's authentic space. What we're trying to create is the authentic space. The authentic space is where people leave, this is my own definition by the way, so it, it can be flawed, but, but, but what I'm saying is authentic space is where people walking into a room where discussion is uncomfortable, but they leave their privileges, powers, and everything else that put them in to make them different than the rest outside of that room. And when they walk in, they walk in as a human, curious human being. And they, with one objective, to learn, not to teach. That creates the authentic space. Um, the minute you walk in with your privileges and with the attitude of teaching others that that you will contribute to a controlled space and that's going to be a long discussion but i'm saying for us to be pragmatic we have a registration process so we we do it by invite right because due to social distancing and all of that we don't we don't have a space for more than 50 people to show up so basically you register ahead of time and we know who's registering and so on and so forth but i mean the fact remains there are three people can walk in when there is racism or anti-racism discussion is either either an ideologue and and they believe in what they say or um uh, impolitely curious or or the third one is just naive simply ignorant they don't know and and in order for us to contain the discussion is to validate validate each one differently and contain the conversation, and hopefully we can come up with something to, to, uh, to, to calm them down if, if they are heightened emotionally. Um, so that's with respect to the, to the first part of the question. The other part is with uniting or getting those communities together. Um, so the communities that we work with, mainly um, either newcomers or stakeholders that work with the newcomers and partners. And these are all very much people with sympathy and very much in, in, in partnership with us. So we, don't, we haven't reached the largest society and, and the deep pockets in society yet. I think we're working on it. And, but once we reach those deep pockets in society, 
the most uncomfortable conversation can take place. I remember being at rallies and some people coming from remote areas and talking about very remotely difficult subjects in that it is not familiar to many and they speak with it in a very firm type of belief system and that is not really supported by any evidence but what you have to have patience and allow them to speak their minds and be able to kind of uh, walk them through the process of diffusion to diffuse that diffuse the tension that can create as a result of differences so it is skills not everyone would have but for now we're focusing on a smaller number of people in a very specific place with a specific uh, invitation method. And hopefully that would minimize incident that would kind of derail our, our, our objective. Wow. So, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, just to add in on that. Um, people just kind of naturally want to be together. Like people are pack animals. Um, and so, yes, we do see a lot of the communities coming together. Um, but of course, there's always, there's different factors that say uh, whether or not people are able to or comfortable or if they have the drive to be coming together. So um, what we are doing with our events and with the campaign all together is to just try and remove those barriers. So as the barriers are removed, um, for sure, we are definitely seeing the communities coming together more and more and the individuals coming together more and more. But then, of course, as Hani said, uh, with those limitations due to COVID-19 and social distancing, um, again, it gets a little bit more difficult to take the barriers down. So. Yeah. So I guess one thing I kind of like want to pat everybody on the shoulder. Yes, I mean, Winnipeg, uh, we've had protests and rallies. And yes, I mean, very successful and, and very peaceful. And if you look at the states, <laughs> <laughs> not so good um yeah maybe honey and then maybe yeah Kristen and charlotte too like the different temperaments are we just like friendly manitobans so and, and <laughs> because it's you, you hear some crazy stuff happening in the states and they're you know they're not far away and they're humans too why is there such a disconnect or just like a polar opposite honey Or Jamie? <laughs> oh, okay, I can jump in on that one. So just... Oh, wait, are you going, Hanny? Uh, one second, Jamie. I want to ensure that, uh, that I want to say you're invited because I think uh, I got a comment saying like if we more details about the, the tour, please feel free to then this room for, for you to be part of this event. The two, uh, the two of the guests, Tracy, I would love to present the invitation. Oh, can I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, well, honey, we couldn't hear you. Do you want to say that again? I think he was trying to um, lead back to the event tomorrow. Okay. Uh, just, I believe, uh, is it, oh dear, his connection must have disappeared. Okay, um, so just, uh, <laughs> sorry, what was your question again regarding... Oh, just sort of the different climate that, you know, what, you know, the things that are happening in the States and, and, you know, here we are doing our, you know, our work too, but I mean, it's definitely not the same outcome. I mean, the violence and everything like that. Well, yeah, it's definitely not the same overt outcome. Um, the problem with a statement like that is, of course, the end result or the, the obviousness of the situation is going to be different because there's different places, there's different governments, there's too many different X factors putting mm -hmm. in. So it's not going to look the same. Um, whether or not the actual, um, like the, the inner answer or the inner outcome uh, is, that's kind of up for debate. There's a lot of things that happen that people don't necessarily notice or things that they're not really willing to um, say exist outwardly. So, yes, the overt, um, when you look at it, it's easy to say, oh my gosh, Americans are crazy. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, everything is all wonderful inside Canada. We, like I said, we do certainly have a lot of work to do. 
Um, and it can be very dangerous to make those types of comparisons to say like, we must be doing well because we're not doing the same. Um, just, uh, this goes until noon, is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since we are starting to run a little bit low on time, I just wanna take a moment to uh, jump back to the uh, event yes. tomorrow as the first day of the Lunch and Learn series. And one of the reasons why I really wanna draw attention to that is because we do actually still have space available in the registration, which is amazing. Um, it hasn't been, um, this is, it's been a short period of time since we were actually able to confirm that we're able to do these events in person. Uh, just because of the social distancing, we were concerned that might not be a possibility. So uh, I think just because there hasn't been very much time for people to become aware of it and to uh, actually go and register, that there is still that space. So if anyone is interested, um, I highly recommend you go and register as soon as possible on the Facebook page for the anti-racism campaign. There's a Facebook event with the uh, link to the Eventbrite registration. And it's going to be from 12.30 until about 1.30, although we are saying that there's going to be a little bit of time variations depending on how much interaction there is afterwards. Uh, there's a light lunch provided, and it's just going to be a wonderful conversation. Um, as Hani said earlier, all about reconciliation and what that means and how reconciliation affects um, how we move forward in building a better future for everyone and a more inclusive community for everyone. Wow. Uh, Jamie, what, did attract, what attracted you to the organization and the line of work that you do? To Immigration Partnership Winnipeg yep. and the line of work that I do. Um, honestly, I have to say it was mostly chance in that this is kind of not something that I ever really pictured myself doing. Like I wasn't you know, a five-year-old going like, that is what I want to do with my life. Um, but everything just kind of lined up so perfectly. And then the next thing I know I was here and it's just been absolutely wonderful. Aw, well, you're doing some amazing work. We'll, we'll see you, Charlotte. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Um, you now, too. Nice meeting you all. Nice meeting you, Jamie. Take care, guys. Now, is Hani, is Hani still here? Yes, I recognize. I want to say thank you to you too as well. Everyone else for sure like their perspectives. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, honey, you were trying to say something. I know that Jamie. Yeah, Jamie just uh, did another uh, promotion for the event tomorrow. Can you maybe just uh, say again who the speakers will be tomorrow? Uh, so the speakers are Clayton Sandy and uh, Raymond. Um, they, both of which are the founders of Circle of Reconciliation, and they have the Circle of Reconciliation across the country, and so they will be the presenters. And I think what I wanted to say about the event, Jamie has, I already heard it, is she's extending the invitations to others to register, and that's exactly what I wanted to say when I got disconnected. <laughs> so you're welcome, and of course, your guest and also the people who feel there's um, benefit of attending, they are more than welcome to register and uh, attend. Oh, well, I'm sure it'll be a great success. And you know what? We all thank you uh, and your organization, honey, for creating these uh, conversations and these uh, lectures and more education. So I will continue to have you and your wonderful staff on just to keep us all informed and get the word out. And hopefully someday we can all meet together in one room. In one room and have yes, a, a bigger discussion and maybe it'll be you know the outcomes of everything that's happened over the last uh, several months i think things will change and hopefully there'll be a shift a felt shift which i think that uh, you can all be part of that and be very very uh, proud of the work that you're doing towards that sounds good thank you very much tracy thanks yeah absolutely yes well and thank you jamie and Kristen, is there anything else you want to add? No, just that I, I've really enjoyed the dialogue today, and uh, I'm uh, texting with Charlotte. We're going to try to go to the event tomorrow. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, so that will, I'm looking forward to that. Great. Excellent. Well, it's supposed to be beautiful weather tomorrow. Jamie, anything else you'd like to? Yeah, um, I just want to make reference to uh, something you had said just a second ago about, you know, hopefully when we're all back together in the same room and, and we'll be able to discuss the outcomes of the past 
couple of months or however long it's been. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to point to a felt shift in uh, how people are interacting with each other. Um, I just want to remind everyone that if you're looking for a felt shift in how um, people interact with each other, just always start with yourself. Um, because if you'll feel it and the people around you will feel it. And the more people that are willing to start with themselves and spread that shift, uh, the more likely it is for it to be felt on a, a municipal, a provincial, or a national level. Wow. Okay. Well, on those words, we will go forth. <laughs> you, gave it, you gave us all a job to do, Jamie. Oh, wow. Well, and thank you, honey. It's always great. Too bad next time, at least, you know, we can have you on the screen. We can see you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I apologize about this. But for next time, yes, we will see you in person and also on the screen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank Bye, you. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Bye -bye. honey. Thanks, Jamie. Love you, Kirsten. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.